You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Hallelujah. Isn't that a great story? And no one could have said it better than Pastor Art. Amen. That's that's years of being behind the pulpit of speaking so eloquently to us. Amen. Uh, what a what a blessing. If you were here earlier and you were able to pray with us with Pastor Nixon, um, what we didn't include in that, and there was so much to pray about, is that Pastor Jordan is uh, is a pastor in a village in Bulgaria. Pastor Jordan was a, a Muslim recently. I don't know if you follow international news. I, I appreciate uh, Brother Derek. I was going to say Pastor Derek. I don't know why. Amen. But Brother God up here says, I don't want to preach. But Brother, he was preaching. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I thought he's going to give an altar call. Amen. <laughs> but uh, uh, he mentioned about Ethiopia in Bulgaria. Uh, what it is is they passed a law that no outside mission work could come in. And, and they're tightening in Eastern Europe what was the former uh, Eastern Bloc nations under communist rule of the Soviet Union when that fell apart uh, 30 years ago. Uh, but uh, what they did is they tried to pass a law, but we, we were able to connect with Jordan, uh, and he was a Muslim that accepted Christ, and now he's a pastor. Come on, give God praise. Amen. And uh, he's, a, he's a pastor. They have a little church, and uh, we've been able to connect with them. Uh, pastors Ricky and Kerry Romo just uh, took a trip in there. He just got back on Monday and uh, brought a great report about what's happening there. And so we're excited for what God wants to do. They're going to come to our conference in Romania and join us. And uh, the country of Bulgaria is a 60% uh, Eastern Orthodox, which is like a Catholic faith that some of you may be familiar with. Uh, and then the 40% uh, are, are Muslim. And so there's a real harvest there, folks. And so we do appreciate, and I, and I would like to add, to what your pastor was saying, uh, pastors Art and Maria are, are very accountable with their finances, and what they're saying is that they support, they not only support me and Melinda, but our son in Germany, in Frankfurt, and All Nations Church, and when you uh, support uh, what we're doing there, I was sharing with them, I don't know, a few weeks back, uh, my son was preaching in London, because they're starting a church in London, England, and his wife, and his wife was preaching, his wife was preaching in Frankfurt. And, and we were in Romania, and I thought, oh, praise God. And you're a part of that, folks. Amen. And thank God for that reach. So you're reaching beyond Las Vegas. You're reaching the world. Can you say amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so I, I want to thank you. I, I, I want you to know that my lovely bride, Melinda, is here. Melinda, I, honey, we, uh, this, this, uh, this year will be 39 years. We've been married. Amen. And, it's, a, it's great. I mean to each other, not a few. Amen. <laughs> Always got to clear that up. Amen. <laughs> but uh, so we're, uh, we're just so blessed to be with you today. And we had a great time yesterday just in visiting and, and sharing a meal. Of course, we missed Brandon. He was working, but it's okay. He's got a better half now. Amen. And 
And uh, I was so glad that uh, Pastor Art shared that story because uh, what a story that is. And in the future with your children, uh, when they come, and sorry, Desiree, they will come. Amen. When those children come, you're going to have a storybook, uh, story to tell them at, at night, you know, and you're going to be able to tell their kids and how you met and, and uh, what went on because, of course, he stayed with me in my apartment, and so uh, I could see he was all, you know, inside. You jacked him up. You know that? You jacked him up. He was all messed up. He just did not handle himself, man. Uh, I mean, get an elevator with you. Ooh, that's it, man. I mean, uh, and those elevators in Europe are small, amen. <laughs> but uh, he was so excited, and the boy fell in love, amen, and, and uh, we're so grateful. And what a great couple. They, aren't they a great couple, folks, amen? And what, a, what, a, what a testament to, to the family, to the leadership of your wonderful pastors, and uh, what a blessing for this church and, and a good thing, hallelujah. I'm going to be in John chapter number 15, talk to you a little bit. And then we'll pray. There was a, a senior pastor uh, who really wanted to draw close to the Lord. Um, if I shared his name with you, you would, uh, you would probably be familiar with it. But for the sake of, uh, of really hearing what their family said, they didn't really share what he, he said in this. But uh, what happened is he had read about Moses and how Moses wanted to get close to God. And if you've ever read that... Uh, occasion when Moses was up with the Lord that he came down from the mountain for that second time and, and the scripture tells us that his face was glowing. Remember that? And so, they, you know, so he had to wear a veil because of the glowing presence of the Lord. So this senior minister thought to himself, he says, you know, I want that. I, I want the Lord in my life to, to just glow so abundantly that people are going to know that God is with me because I, I want people to come to Jesus Christ. And we all want that. Can you say amen? Right? We all want that in our lives. So he pulled away from his wife and his children and his ministry and spent some time alone with the Lord and, and seasoned a prayer and fasting. And then after that, uh, that season ended, he went to, to a restaurant with his wife and he had been praying for that glow, for that uh, uh, presence to draw people. And so he was sitting at a restaurant with his wife and as he was sitting there, he saw a young lady across uh, the, the table there and uh, you know, he, he saw that this young lady was really looking at him. So he thought, oh, boy, here it comes. My, I must be glowing. Amen. And so she, she got up, and she went over to the, the minister next to his wife and said, and said excuse me, uh, are you Hugh Hefner? Let it sink in. Amen. <laughs> you ever wonder how those things happen in life, folks? We often think of ourselves more than what we really are. And uh, sometimes those moments have to happen to make us come to the truth that uh, flesh is flesh no matter how hard we try. But uh, there is an element in our Christianity that we must really work at. And, and I want to talk to you about the character of prayer. Uh, prayer uh, is based on character. We must come to terms with that. That uh, prayer is what helps us to not just establish our godly character that the Lord desires, but also fashions our conduct in life. Uh, prayer and sinning cannot go hand in hand. You cannot keep company in a prayer life and sin. It is just virtually impossible. Prayer and righteous living go hand in hand. Somebody say amen. Uh, 
the Bible tells us in, in the book of James chapter 5, verse number 16, that the effectual, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, so we understand that the scripture teaches us uh, that when it comes to prayer, uh, prayer uh, and righteousness uh, go together, and that's what avails. Uh, as disciples uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we can never take others uh, further than we ourselves have gone, folks. Uh, we must come to terms with that. Uh, we can never impart uh, what we do not possess. Uh, as one man put it, he said these words, uh, God will not give us good habits or character. We must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, I believe King David had a handle on that. Folks, listen to what he said in Psalm 66, verse number 18. He said, uh, if I regard iniquity, he said, if I regard iniquity uh, or, 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 or cherish uh, or to love or to hold on or refuse to give up sin in my heart, uh, the Lord will not have listened or heard to me. One of the greatest writers on books you'll ever come across, and I recommend it, is Andrew Murray. Andrew Murray said this. He said, where there is much prayer, there will be much of the Holy Ghost. Where there is much of the Spirit, there will be much of ever-increasing prayer. I want you to close your eyes, put your Bibles down. I want you to lift your hands. Go ahead. Put your stuff down. Put your hands up in the air. Close your eyes. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Now, I need you to say it loudly. I need you to say it confidently. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I pray now for the Holy Spirit to come upon me. In Jesus' name, I receive it. And the church said, now give the Lord a mighty hand clap if you believe that. I want you to read just one verse in John chapter 15, verse number 16. And they're going to they're gonna put it up there. And if we can read it together, are you ready? We're going to read this together. Ready? Read. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now, we, we believe in prayer in this house, folks. We believe that God answers prayer. We believe that apart from him, we can do nothing. Uh, these are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but when it comes to character development as a Christian, uh, life is mostly filled uh, with that understanding. You know you can develop physically. You can develop intellectually. You can even uh, reach a plateau of life in those areas. Uh, but when it comes uh, to character development, folks, uh, it must be developed. Uh, it must be understood why we're doing it. Uh, we're doing in it to serve our master and to serve his people. Can someone say amen? You see, God is really more concerned with our inward qualities than he is with our outward circumstances. I mean, don't get me wrong. We appreciate you took a shower. God bless you. Amen. We appreciate, amen, you put on some perfume. You're looking good, lady. Amen. We thank God for all of that. But God cares more about the inside than he does on the outside. And folks, when it comes to growth, growth is only evident when there is 
life. It's an interesting word when we take that word development. That word development, it means unfolding or bringing out the concealed possibilities. The reason we want you to come to church is we want you to develop. We know that there are qualities inside of you that are concealed, that are possible. My God, some of you say, you say, well, I don't know how to pray. My Lord, if you lifted your voice and prayed and worshiped the way you yell to your neighbor and to your kids, this place would be so loud that someone say amen. Oh, Jesus, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, if we could understand the possibilities that are inside of us, that development will advance through progressive stages. That's what really it means when we develop, folks. We are breeding maturity. Maturity to be able to understand that there's things in life that I must learn to live with that I cannot change. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to change my husband. Leave him alone and let the Holy Ghost do that. Leave that man alone, my God. Well, you don't know my husband. I mean, he sometimes can be pretty dumb. Amen. Well, lady, there's some dumb ladies also. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, let's, let's do it right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Leave him alone. Let the Holy Ghost move. Let the Holy Ghost bless. Let the Holy Ghost do the changing. Folks, we go from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Can somebody say amen? Well, what does that mean? That means when I come to church, I'm trying to develop my character. <laughs> come to church, man. I'll tell you, come to a church like ours and we'll help you to develop character. You'll walk in with some shiny shoes and somebody will step on them. Sure enough, hallelujah. Man, you're in church, you got to hold back. Excuse me, you better get on, brother, amen. <laughs> come to church, somebody will offend you. You say, man, I love this church. And maybe you may be new, but folks, we're not perfect. We're an imperfect church. Come back, hallelujah. Give us time. We'll offend you sooner or later, amen. But we want you to develop. <laughs> Second Corinthians 9, 7 says, every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. You see, character development, folks, is intentional. Character development must be on purpose. We do not develop accidentally. It doesn't just happen. It's just something, well, I'm just going to grow in Christ. We don't, we don't do that. You will never reach a full maturity in Christ without understanding that sacrificial praying will always precede sacrificial living. I must come to terms with the truth of my prayers, and that is that I've come to God, you're here, and we thank God you're here, but understand what you have done. You have literally said, I am willingly denying myself. I'm choosing to take up my cross. That's the sacrificial prayer, and I'm following you, Lord Jesus. What does that mean? That means get plugged in on Wednesday night and come on down. Hallelujah. What does that mean? That means get up in the morning, come to the 10 a.m. war room, and pray with with us. Hallelujah. Well, what does that mean? It means that I want God to change my life. Uh, folks, uh, it is much easier to put on an act uh, to think that we're praying sincerely uh, than to really, really do the praying. You see, in the days of Jesus Christ, uh, when, we, when the Jews uh, were around him, they would pray, but they would pray for an audience and not to God. I heard one preacher put it like this. He said, I knew I was in a lot of problems when I started praying behind the pulpit 
to get an amen from you rather than a confirmation from him. God, forgive us. The character of prayer will only be developed in your prayer times alone. The power of Praise Chapel Las Vegas prayers war room uh, will only be evident what you spend at home uh, because what you bring from home you bring to us. Hallelujah. Uh, and whatever you brought with you this morning, uh, you say, well, I came kind of, you know, uh, mad. Uh, I came in kind of disgusted. I, we can tell. Hallelujah. Amen. You, you brought it in. We know it's there. Uh, but we want you to spend time alone with the Lord. Uh, and you say amen uh, because what you do when you're alone uh, is really where your character develops. Uh, it's a time that you have alone with God. It's in these areas, folks, in our lives that faith has not worked yet, where faith has not developed. Listen to me, friend. There are areas in your life that are still untouched by God. Untouched. Well, how do I get it? You're going to go to a conference, a sermon? No, it'll probably be when you're alone. Alone. Along with God in that intimacy, uh, and it's the discipline that develops through faith, uh, and faith, whether you understand it or not, uh, will become the supreme effort of your life. Uh, J. Oswald Sanders, what a great writer. He wrote these words. He said, the first step uh, towards improvement uh, is to recognize weakness, uh, make corrections, uh, cultivate strength. Uh, Hudson Taylor, founder of the Ch China Inland Mission uh, wrote a letter dated in 1879 uh, to leadership. Uh, he said, the all-important thing to do is to improve uh, the character of the work. Uh, and character development uh, or maturity is a capacity to endure those uncertainties, uh, those areas of life that we do not know about. Uh, I mean, people all the time, they want to know, folks, uh, there are some things you'll never know. Uh, we call it faith. Faith. If you knew everything, you wouldn't need God. <laughs> I need God. You need God. We, we need the Lord. Well, what does that mean? That means that in my life, I must understand that as a child of God, I got to live by faith. I got to be led by faith. I got to understand that ministry grows out of my life when I spend my time with the Lord. And that means my character is developing. My character is unfolding. The possibilities I can see now. Hallelujah. That's why we love that song. I was blind, but now I can see. Hallelujah. You see yourself as a preacher. You see yourself as a leader. You see yourself as a worshiper. You see yourself as a prayer man, a prayer woman. That's because the possibilities come out when you spend time alone with the Lord. Can someone say amen? I'll tell you, Zig Ziglar, what a man. He, wrote, he said these words, it is character that gets us out of bed. It is commitment that moves us into action. But it is discipline that enable us to follow through. You'll never develop a secure, mature prayer life alone without discipline. You've got to discipline yourself. Turn the TV off. Get off the internet. <laughs> Stop talking with everyone. You don't got to know everything. We disciple through exampleship. We train through biblical teachings. But we attain, we obtain, folks, the character of prayer 
through our personal prayer, you'll never ever go past congregational prayer that you have in your private prayer. You'll never ever come to church and catch up with prayer in an audience like this that you never had in your time alone with God. Prayer, like faith, is not a possession. And you know that. It can be lost. You used to pray in the morning and you lost it. You used to come early and pray and you lost it. You used to pray fervently and frequently, but you lost it. Because prayer, like faith, is not a possession. It's not exclusive to one individual, a church or organization. But folks, prayer is a gift from God. No one can put ownership on it. I guess if somebody could, they'd try to somehow put their stamp on it and try to sell it. But you cannot sell prayer, folks. True prayer is a gift from heaven. I like to call it the love language of heaven. There's nothing like loving the Lord. You say, well, I don't know how to love the Lord. Well, learn to pray and talk to God, and you can put some love on him. My God, uh, he's waiting to love you back. Can somebody say amen? Now, I got to bring this down because you can't preach about prayer and not pray. I just think it's wrong. You can talk about prayer. Well, let's also pray. Amen. But I want to give you some thoughts on the character of prayer because I'm convinced that the character of prayer is the Holy Spirit. It is an undisputed truth. That the character of prayer is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our enabler. He comes to us to help us to pray. The Holy Spirit, you say, well, I'm here, I'm not too educated, you know, and, and I, I just don't know how to use the words. Uh, but folks, uh, I can tell you right now that uh, the devil don't care what kind of words you, a person may use. They can be intelligent. Uh, uh, they can be somehow uh, categorized in a way that someone can define it uh, as being so theological. Uh, but the truth is, uh, when it comes to prayer, the devil hates the word of God. Uh, he, he hates it when people pray the word of God. Uh, he, he don't mind it if you pray nice, good little prayers. Uh, he hates it when you start using the Bible. Uh, when you start saying, like Jesus said, uh, Satan, it is written. Uh, when you start going back to the word of God. Uh, and folks, uh, the Holy Ghost can enable us uh, and help us in those areas of our lives uh, so we can pray better. Uh, what a verse in Romans 8.26. Uh, it's a familiar verse. Uh, it says, likewise, uh, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, uh, helps our infirmities or our weaknesses. Uh, for we know not what we should pray for. Did you catch that? Uh, we know not. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, I've been enough of a knucklehead uh, to go to prayer and think that I know what I'm praying for. <laughs> I, told, I told my wife, one time I was praying, I said, oh, Lord, your word says uh, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, so I pray uh, against principalities uh, and the powers. Uh, and before I could continue, because you see, my knucklehead mind, I thought I knew. Uh, the Holy Ghost stopped me uh, and said, I know you know about principalities and powers, uh, but quit putting names on them. Isn't that funny? We, we put names on, on things that we're praying for. People. We pray against people. Not this church, I mean that other one. Where is it? The other one, right? Yeah, down the street. Thank you. The one down the street, not this one. Yeah, the, yeah that way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, go left. 
We don't know what we should pray for as we ought, the Bible says. Uh, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings uh, which cannot be uttered. Well, what does that mean? Uh, that means when I start to pray, I must allow myself to yield myself to the Holy Spirit. Uh, but in order to that, for that to happen, that takes time. Especially if you wake up early in the morning to pray. My God, uh, you know, it takes me a few minutes to wake up. I like kneeling, but it takes me a few minutes to get back up. <laughs> But without the assistance of the Holy Ghost, folks, uh, we will not endure. Uh, without understanding the Holy Spirit, uh, and the Holy Spirit is so humble. The Holy Spirit, uh, we know that the Holy Spirit is here right now. He's not going to proclaim himself. Uh, he's not going to let you know that he's there. Uh, have you ever done something good? It was the Holy Ghost. It wasn't you. Have you ever thought of something good? He said, but I, I was thinking good. It was the Holy Ghost. It wasn't, sorry, amen. He said, well, I really did a good job behind the pulpit, I know. But it wasn't you. It was the Holy Ghost through you. <laughs> amen. Hey, there's nothing we can do without the Holy Ghost, folks. Apart from him, we can do nothing. That's why Jesus said, you need the Holy Ghost. Wait for the Holy Ghost. The problem is we don't wait. Holy Spirit helps us, strengthens us, our weaknesses, inspires our prayers. Uh, he is praying uh, to God for us. The Spirit of God dwells in, in each and every believer in here. Uh, he is a true source of life. Uh, one commentary said this, uh, the character, the revelation, and the attainment of the Holy Ghost uh, was brought to earth on the day of Pentecost. Uh, in its character of intercession uh, comes the blessings bestowed uh, upon us from the right hand of God uh, in the kingdom of God. Uh, failure to consider the character of the Holy Ghost uh, is an issue especially when it comes to prayer and it will always always be fatal to that believer oh my lord i've got to consider the character of the holy ghost you ever notice the holy ghost is never in a hurry we are never in a hurry the holy spirit cooperates with our human spirit so if you're not willing to cooperate he won't either i've got to cooperate with the holy ghost what does it mean what it means when he tells you to forgive forgive what does that mean? When he was, he was telling you to give, uh, Brother Derek talked about giving. You know the Holy Ghost touch you. Well, you got to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. You got to give. Pastor talked about prayer. You know, I come into the war room and say, Well, I got a lot of problems. Well, we want you to come so we can pray with you about those problems. He works in association with us, folks. The groaning comes from the human heart uh, as the Holy Spirit inspires uh, the Christian element is imperative. We must come to terms with that, that God does nothing but an answer to prayer. And that involves you and me. Our brother mentioned about Ethiopia. When I woke up this morning for my morning time, the first thing I saw was that announcement of the crash of 247 or 57 people that died. And I thought to myself, oh Lord, they're mourning. Lord, touch their lives. As we were praying this morning, I thought of Pastor David and his wife, Francis, in South Central, the Praise Chapel of on Compton and Central. And I thought to myself, her daughter just died. Lord, comfort her. Uh, folks, uh, there are things happening around the world that uh, we can listen to the Holy Ghost uh, and understand uh, that uh, God wants to use me, uh, but I've got to understand the character of the Holy Ghost. Uh, here, here, you're here. You walked in and you said, you know, my life has been so difficult. I'm getting depressed and, 
You know, my life is so difficult. I have no money. My life is so difficult. I'm married. I don't want to be married. I know, but you are. Stay married. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, and my life is so difficult. Uh, my kids are giving me problems. I, I know, but you had them. They're yours. Amen. Uh, you say, well, I, I don't know how to handle this. Uh, what, what do you think I should do? Uh, I think you should come to terms with the understanding of the Bible uh, that the Holy Ghost wants to help you uh, and that, that he wants to use you. Uh, you say, well, how do I get out of this? Uh, I, I have an answer for you. You want to know how to get out of depression, pray for other people. <laughs> you want to know how God will bless your children? Pray for the other children. <laughs> you want to know how you receive? Give. <laughs> oh, come on now. Hallelujah. You, you want to know uh, what I do with my life? How, how do I change my God? Don't you know by now? Repent. 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 Stop sinning. You say, God doesn't answer my prayers. That's because prayer and sin don't get along. Folks, he answers the prayer of the righteous. He answers the prayer that avails much. Now, don't get me wrong. You say, well, then how do we get saved? Well, that prayer of salvation is a gift, folks. Because when we were sinners, we did pray. Somebody asked me one time, can sinners pray, you know, and come to God? You bet. I did. You did. I was doing a segment with, with Digga, and he asked me, he says, he says, Uncle, what's the best prayer you ever prayed? I said, when I got saved. <laughs> to this day, hallelujah. A lot of things have happened, but oh, I, I love that one. Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Now, Ezekiel 22.30 puts a challenge. He says, I sought for a man among them, that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. In Isaiah 59.16, he said, I saw that there was no man. I got to pause there for a moment. He said, I saw that there was no man. Uh, let me kind of give a, just a, a critique into that. Uh, uh, he saw that there was women, but there was no man. There was 12 women praying, but there was no man. And then he wondered, the scripture says, uh, that he wondered that there was no intercessor. Folks, uh, as one man put it, we are not competent judges of our own condition. We're short-sighted and very biased in the favor of the flesh. We are like little children crying for fruit before it is ripe and ready to be eaten. It's not always easy to find the heart to pray. It's not easy. And anybody that has entered into intercessory prayer of life knows that it's not always there. You're not always in it, especially with difficult of times in your life. It's difficult to pray if a child has run away, if a loved one has passed away. It's difficult to pray in those moments. I remember flying back, you know, and I think it was an eight, I don't know how long it's been since I've been here, Pastor. It's been a few years because I asked Brandon, he said they've been married almost two years, and so I don't know how long it's been. But in a span of 18 months, I lost uh, three brothers and having to fly back to, to funerals from Europe. And, uh, man, there, I, there was just no prayer in me. Uh, you know, sometimes the only prayer you can't say is help. But say it. Don't say it. Help. Help me, Lord. Help. And, and, and folks, uh, if we're not careful, we, we cannot come to terms that, that in the most difficult of times is when the character of prayer comes out. It's in that difficult time that the love of God is displayed. We're, we're called according to his purpose. Jesus revealed the character of prayer in the garden. His prayers revealed his character. He was perfect from the garden to the cross. Every prayer offered was selfless, 
Every prayer was perfect in each and every possible way. Listen to it, Matthew 26, 39. Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Luke 23, 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Hebrews 7, 25. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. There's one thing that you and I need to embrace when it comes to the character of prayer, and that is it brings the favor of God. And the favor of God is what brings the welfare to the soul. The favor of God is what brings me understanding that my concerns for eternity are in his hands, that I can bring them to God, and I can say, Lord, help me. Would you stand with me? In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1 to verse number 4, he said, I therefore exhort thee, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of, our God, of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Character, by definition, means an engraved mark. Character, by definition, means a distinguishing quality. Strong characters need strong nourishments. If I want to have the character of prayer, I must nourish myself in prayer. If I want to have this understanding in my life uh, that when it comes to the character of prayer, uh, then it must be tended to daily. I must daily come to my life in prayer. A well-calculated, a, a purposeful, an intentional approach that builds godly character, character that communicates uh, on the deepest level uh, to all around us, uh, that what we say is matching our lifestyle. How important is that? That what we say is matching our lifestyle. I want to live God's will. And character will do that, folks. In biblical times, a name represented the core of who they were, their character. All of us here today, we become more as the one we spend time with. If you're here right now and you say, well, I, you know, I really know, I, I do know what's, you know, what's going to be an American Idol or, I know, I know what's going to happen, this and that, and, and you can't even name any of the disciples. <laughs> That's something. Jesus taught and he said, my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. No one can argue with the impact of a consistent prayer life, folks. Others follow our footsteps quicker than they follow our advice. May they follow you in prayer. May they follow you in the developing of your character in prayer. Acts 4.13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, would you play something there, Brad? I'll play something. And perceived that 